Good evening, good morning, wherever you are. This is MMA Love, Love from America, our podcast in English. I am your co-host, Matt, and I introduce you to the host of your show, the churro-eating renaissance man, Luke from Seattle. Hi, Luke. How are we going? Morning. Morning? morning. Is it morning? I was doing a little chair dancing for that, for that intro. That was great. Is it morning? Yeah. Yeah, it's morning. We're recording morning on the 31st in America. It's probably nighttime where you are, though, right? Evening time? Around around six, because as you might have might have heard, it's Luke is really from Seattle. He's a an MMA super fan, and he'll bless you with his takes on a loaded <laughs> show today. Um, I'd like to start with the same question. Anytime we're doing this, why the fuck are we doing this, Luke? Um. This week I'm doing this early on a Sunday morning because there was there was so much that went on and not just MMA. There was a heavyweight tournament-ish thing in glory and I was uh, get assigned that as homework. And uh, there's also been some amazing promos and occasionally I found myself running down these YouTube rabbit holes, talking to you on chat about various night fights or other uh, MMA-adjacent activities, bare-knuckle, stuff like that. So there's a lot. That there's is... no UFC. And uh, I think I watched more MMA because there was no UFC. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're actually quite the madman as I introduced you. Um, what we're doing is... Um, following our segment or a bit of bit of our our structure, we'll have the restart. My English, sorry. Uh, restart the sports segment. Um, I'll give I'll give Luke some some choices. He can choose by his own what what he wants to talk about. And then we'll 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 do our MMA gossip boys segment, also with a little bit of a choice. And we'll have the Luke segment at the end, where uh, well we go the we'll go down some of the rabbit holes you encountered. So let's let's go with the with the restart the sports segment. Um, I have some choices, as I said. But first, um, what fight sports stuff entered your system this weekend, and and what do you need to get out? Ooh, okay. Uh, so this week, the just just not just on the notes show notes that I took, we watched midweek. Did a little, uh, did a little legacy MMA watching. I watched Elite XC: Return of the King, uh, which was punctuated by KJ Noons' dad attacking the Diaz brothers in the cage. And I asked somebody, "Oh my gosh, is this the is this the fight in the cage?" No, it was not the Strike Force fight in the cage. This was Elite XC fight in the cage with the Diaz brothers. So it's important to remember that there are multiple Diaz brothers fights in cages, post fight fights in cages. We even uh, yeah we even had another another post fight um, oh yeah brawl actually this weekend in in KSW Dude. but we'll we'll hit that we'll hit that when we're when we're when we're there so yeah these uh, as as one famous uh, commentator said these things happen in MMA these things happen in MMA they do and and they they will continue to I think it's part of the DNA of of it of it at this point I don't think you're really going to get rid of it. Um, Especially the one in K, in in K, it was a KSW. I, I think so. Yeah. How did you rate? Yeah. How did you rate um, KJ Noon's stats striking? It was so or... good. 
Does he have talent? So because the Diaz brothers weren't doing anything. Nick was talking to KJ Noons, and and Nate was standing back behind him, and KJ's dad was just standing there off to the side behind the announcer, just like swearing and yelling at the Diaz brothers. They weren't even looking at him. So I was just like, wait, who is he yelling? He just like got red in the face and then just ran across the cage and started body, started throwing uh, hooks to Nick's body for a few hooks before he got pulled off. It was really funny. Um, they were trying to do some kind of like, you know, promo for KJ's belt because he, de- he had just defended his belt against Eve Edwards, and they wanted a rematch with Nick because I think he fought Nick, and Nick got a cut stoppage because the Diaz brothers get stopped by cuts a lot. Only. Uh, very please very be, familiar. Please be precise. Diaz brothers don't oh get stopped with anything else. It's only bad judges' decisions, bad ref stoppages, or cuts. I'm glad that you are a card-carrying member of the 209. Yeah. And if you ever visit America, I'll take you there. Yeah. It's only about 10 hours away. It's nothing. Nothing. So some old school things, also some... Some some, kick, some kickboxing things. Yeah. Do you want to go into, uh, into the kickboxing thing, into the Glory 77? I have so many questions. <laughs> we will... <laughs> So please, I, I I think we should. I think I should come clean. First of all, I, I I you say I'm I'm a huge fan. I don't train though. I don't have any fight sports experience personally, and I only watch MMA. This is the first time I've sat down and ever tried to watch a kickboxing event and a kickboxing fight with any kind of attention that was not like a Genki Sudo fight. You know what I mean? like an old K1 Genki Sudo thing or something. So so you're you're basically your Glory 77. Yes, so your very first uh, kickboxing experience like watching a whole event and, and even paying attention is Glory 77. So we'll mark that down in the calendar. It's, it's quite something. I did my homework. Let's go into this remote remote desk. Thing. Remote the remote desk. Let's go live to the Netherlands for this one. And then they continue to do the voiceover from New York City or something. It's just great. Um, yeah, some, some hiccups during the whole card. But um, they actually, it, it, it was quite astonishing that they pulled it off because um, as all over the world and, and mostly in the Netherlands, in Europe at the moment, things aren't going that well. So glad, they, are, glad they run it. Netherlands is shut down at least as far as I know, and they were able to run it anyway with what looked like, you know, a fair minimum number of people in the in the place and everybody pretty pretty compliant with mask wearing, you know. We had we had ring girls in gowns and we had people who didn't really I mean, you could also have gotten rid of the ring announcer too because he wouldn't read scores and we can get to that. But all in all it had just the right amount of circus material in a fight sport event that it made it fun for me to watch. Um, but it was... I left after three fights and I came back and watched the replay last night. I could not uh, deal with 35 minutes or so between fights. Yeah, the pacing um, The pacing is... Pacing is terrible. They, need, they definitely need to work on that. Um, what? The, replay is, the replay is five hours. Yeah. Um, I think that it took me 45 minutes to watch four fights. So just fast-forwarding through. So I, I, that'll give you an idea. I think I only have notes for six fights. So 
That sounds better. 45 minutes per fight. And the fights are fast. Yep. Um, Three-minute rounds, right? Two. Uh, Three-minute rounds and only three rounds because the heavyweights had to fight again if they won. In the non-title um, bouts, it was three times three. And in the title bouts, which there actually were a lot, it's five times three. I went back and I watched uh, Tiffany Van Soest in Invicta afterwards mm -hmm. um, fight the woman with the Misfits tattoo on her shin, which must have hurt like hell um, to get. And it was it. I it's good, and I'm I understand why she is staying in kickboxing and being a champion because she's a champion and she's good at it. But man, I would love to see her be able to. Uh, clinch and throw knees and elbows and do Muay Thai in an MMA fight or um, something like that. So that leads to a question. My first biggest question is, is the clinch just part of the game? Is it like what what people expect you to do when you get tired like or when you're getting your ass kicked, just clinch the guy so you get a break? Yeah, basically that's that's one of the K1 rules, <clears throat> uh, which, which is... yeah. It, 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 so kind of you have to do it kind of because if they if they just clinch and you don't stop it it's it's mind numbing nothing happens at all but it's um, mind numbing to have the break in the action too though yeah it it's it's also the one knee or the one or two knees and then maybe one elbow is is okay but but not but that is that is basically kickboxing for you they don't want you to clinch of course it is a tactic you go in you clinch you maybe rip some some body shots off you maybe get that one knee in or you, you get that one um one nasty elbow in but yeah that is that is kickboxing for you they won't change it uh that's why we're mostly watching okay. mma it's but the game man as long as it's the game you know it was it just is. it was a little frustrating to sort of watch and see like see tiff like targeting the body over and over again, but then her opponent just kind of being so tall and so long, she just kind of walk forward like a mummy and grab her and clincher, you know, grab her and clincher, grab her and clincher, you know, so she's getting like one or two strikes off and then getting clinched and then getting broken up. So it's like, how many times can you do that in a one minute stanza or a three minute stanza? That might you know, be like, that might be the, the thing that all your output, sorry, you're cutting your output to like one third of what it could be. You know what I mean? That is basically the longer and, and taller striker in, in Alin Pereira. Um, basically couldn't keep the distance. Tiffany, Tiffany's strategy only could have been to go in, get some shots off, go out. But actually the, the going out, was she was a bit too slow doing that. And Alin just, yeah, basically had nothing else for her besides to grab her. Because Tiffany Van Soest's um, performance was incredible. And I, I highly recommend anyone even remotely interested in kickboxing, watch these two go at it. Because what what I what I most what most took out from me is that Tiffany actually she started slow, but over the rounds she just cranked it up and cranked it up and cranked it up. And by the end you really felt that she wanted to to get that KO, that TKO, because she was way, way, way better. Which was oh, yeah. a bit exact expected, but yeah. She was she was going for it. Um I was happy to see the diversity in strikes for what there is in kickboxing. Um, I don't know striking very well, so it's like for me, it's like, oh, she's targeting the body. Oh, she's targeting the head. Oh, she's doing this and that. You know, I'm not looking at individual strikes as that different from each other. 
to then see her go to the she went to the post fight interview and was basically like I don't have a body kick KO on my, or I don't have a body shot KO on my record and I really wanted one so I was going for that you know and I, I'm not going to necessarily take the easy way but I wanted to do this thing tonight and that's what I what that's what she went toward and it showed like this uh, diversity and attack and creativity that I love, absolutely love to see in fighters. It's one of the reasons I always like Tony Ferguson so much um, and Weili Zhang and... Uh, uh, Name uh, Joanna. Name Kingo. Joanna. And Joanna. Thank you. <laughs> so... Yeah, awesome fight. So, so She made me a fan. I'll watch any card Tiff is on yes. for sure. I um, highly recommend anyone doing this. Tiffany Van Soest is one of the best strikers in in these in the super bantamweight division in kickboxing, and it's a joy to watch her perform. What is what's the what? How many pounds is super bantamweight? I guess kilograms for you. It's fifty five. Fifty five. No chance for me without Google um, to to <laughs> translate that into your into your whatever measuring metric system you're whatever, using or whatever we do here whatever you do it's, it's uh, not it's one, not good it's 121 so probably she i think she fought at 115 in invicta yes yeah, yeah it's she's, so she'll, she's a straw weight she looks she looks like a straw weight it was i thought Pereira was really tall for that weight yeah. um and she still managed to get in there and get it done too which so was glad you again it was like like it, it, you're watching, it's it wasn't like a mismatch in in like it in it was a mismatch in skill, but like the height and reach. Like I was thinking, like how is she going to reach her head? She's like a head taller, you know. So yes. could have just big sistered her, really. Um. So tell me about Rico and how popular he is. Would 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 he be stopped on the street for pictures? If you walk down the street in Rotterdam, only, only in the Netherlands. I, I don't think. Only, yeah, I don't think anyone. I mean, th there are fans. It's it's always a bit of a of a thing, also with MMA, and we're used to UFC broadcasts or 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 even in these broadcasts, and they're telling me, yeah, this guy is a huge star in Europe, and this guy is a huge star in Europe. But in reality, these guys are not that known outside of their home country so it's it's the same for Rico he he didn't i mean he's one of the of the very best heavyweights of all time i'd say he was he's only one of the last ones which really besides Bader uh, which has some sort of a star power and some sort of an appeal um but he didn't look like a he looks like a fucking monster yeah, he is quite huge, and you saw it in, in the final fight. But yeah, Rico Verhoeven, um, he's not the guy to translate or, or convert huge amounts of fans uh, to actually watch kickboxing. But he, he had this opportunity here. He actually was scheduled to fight uh, a normal fight, but his, his opponent fell out. And then he, what, I, what, what was a bit of a surprise, he agreed to enter this heavyweight tournament. With Hesti so Gerges. he entered his own heavyweight tournament. I'd say so. Yeah, it wasn't even for so a belt. This which was is... originally uh, that was my question. Was this was originally no. a heavyweight tournament to determine the next contender? Right. I I, I think they they didn't even had the idea of the tournament before before Rika's opponent fell out. So I, I forgot mm. I forgot the name, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> so he he participated in the heavyweight tournament. Um, your your short takeaway for that. 
I um I like seeing cool shit and Rico kicked out the rear leg of his opponent in multiple instances, which was cool as hell. Uh, I can't I was trying to like I was trying to see it because it was so fast. How did he get his leg back there to kick the rear leg of his opponent and knock them down with a rear leg kick? And I'm trying to like think of an instance of it happening in MMA or how you could convert that to MMA. And I can't wrap my head around it. So I have more to marinate on that. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was cool as hell. I don't like, I don't like the heavyweights having to fight twice in one night. I don't think like it made a ton of sense. You could have just booked fights and real, real fights of fights of actual length, but it was still fun. Um, you know, and, and Rico completely outclassed the second guy he fought. The guy had heart, and he had a gas tank, but that was what he had. Yeah, um, Tariq, Tariq, um, Kebabes. Kebabs. Kebabes. Kebabes. So he, he, he basically blew everything he got, which was a lot, and, and I really enjoyed his fighting style um, with the body-body uh, low-kick combinations. Totally. He, he obliterated Levy Richter's. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but but tournaments he is a done. tournaments is a he weird got thing. There, he got it done. The hardcore fans or the MMA fans always cry for these tournaments and for oh it was so awesome in Pride and blah blah blah. But in one night tournaments most certainly don't work at all because one guy no. you you'll you'll be drained or you'll be injured and you'll have to fight another guy and you fall out and no it's it 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 doesn't work no, and you don't yeah. it doesn't work because you don't see the best version of these guys fighting each other, because I think a, a a fresh Tariq would have given Rico more of a problem, even though, even the, the size difference, um, but he was, he was spent after the fight with Rick Rousseau. Dude, that dude has, <clears throat> that dude has zero regard uh, for the other guy's power. And he waited in there even against Rico and threw that body, body low kick. And it was, it was really interesting. You kind of got an idea if you watch that fight of how good Rico is, because, he spent one minute and 45 seconds timing it. And then he was like, okay, I'm just going to get him on the entry and just started destroying him as he tried to wade in to throw the body body. Yeah, if, uh, if Rico is on and he, he if he's moving forward, he's a very, very dangerous heavyweight and, and a very good heavyweight. So actually quite interested in what they do with this tournament win now um, after after the, it wasn't for a title. Um, yeah. But it then was good. I, it was entertaining, you know. Absolutely, um, I was really, I was really happy that Glory fixed their technical difficulties and got the replay up, so I could watch it last night before this recording. Um, I I recommend it to an MMA fan uh, to go back and watch it, and then just fast forward through all the filler and and uh, but don't fast forward through the promo that Doombay did. It was amazing. <laughs> Um, we we were amazing. we were in in agreement in the in the chat that the promo they did with Cedric Dumbe is the best promo ever. Why? I, I rewatched it and I was looking for parts to get you to put on your board to isolate. It was so good. We need we need to get on that because Cedric Dumbe he settled the score with Murtel Grönhardt. For the Glory Welterweight Championship, mm-hmm. and Cedric Dumbe's prediction came true. Pray for Mert- Mertel. 
we we did. It didn't work. Hashtag pray for Mertel. He TKO'd him in the in the second round after after Murtel went flying out of the ring. Um, yeah, after after flying a flying knee. scissor knee and flying scissor knee to pulling the ripcord right out of the <laughs> ring. <laughs> and an that's absolutely what, incredible that move. An absolutely incredible fight. Uh, Dumbe performed the way he always does. He's not that varied of a striker. He's not that, but but his his power. Is, is something to behold. Yeah. Um, talk about that promo was the best promo I've ever seen. I'm sure I've seen good ones, but they've all been fan-made on like Reddit MMA. This promo was made by the promotion. It was amazing. So yeah, go, but... at least go find it on YouTube. Uh, Cedric Dumbe, D-O-U-M-B-E. Uh, the, the bad... Just just some technical difficulties. The cage broke. The mat was slick. It sounded like it sounded like cheap plastic vinyl when the fighters were sliding their feet on it. So I don't know if they wiped it down too much between some fights because some fighters seemed like they were slipping all over the place and it's not because they got hit. And other fighters seemed fine, so I don't know. Was quite uh, oh <laughs> the last thing. They said there would be open scoring. <laughs> Yeah, there was for one for one round, I think. <laughs> the, <laughs> the announcer wouldn't read the scores at the end of the fight. Yeah, and they showed some scores uh for Tavares and what's the other guy's name? Yeah, there was Tavares. there was um Luis Tavares against Donegi Abena. And yes. yeah, the, they, this was this was a major fuck up in in, in scoring. Um, the open scoring the was shown the first two rounds, yeah. and Tavares mathematically could not have won. But, he, but then met, he won. But he did because the Wacos judges said he won, and um, he won the fight in in my books, and in I think in most of the other pe- person's books. So the right guy won, but but this fuck up with the open scoring and and the, basically he he wouldn't be able to to win it, and then he did, yeah. Was, that was they bad. yeah they they promptly got rid of that shit after that fight. No so, more open but, scoring. But all these all these things the the slippery ring, the ring collapsing, the open scoring that didn't work, um, the shenanigans with the scoring it it it, um, it adds to a good experience, which for me Glory seventy seven absolutely was. I highly highly recommend anybody, also MMA fans. That's very good what you said there. To watch mm-hmm. this and, and watch really high level, very very entertaining kickboxing. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. There was not, there was not a fight that went on that was not entertaining. No, um, we, we even if, had, we if, even had, even, even had... <clears throat> the longest fight, the one that went to the judges, or one of the longer fights that went to the judges, uh, Pereira versus Vakatov. Pereira is the kickboxer that knocked out Israel Adesanya, and. Vakatov, he was holding the interim belt at light heavyweight, and Vakatov was the champion at light heavyweight. So this was a unification fight. Um, even that fight, there were some pretty cool looks. I think Pereira need Vakatov in the thigh at one point, yep. which I thought was interesting. It was a weird camera angle, so I'm not positive about that. But there were two instances of a weird camera where the camera was behind Pereira and he like threw his knee, but the knee didn't come all the way up. It just went forward. I was like, did he just knee that dude in the upper leg? Yeah, it, it does so. work. And, and it was actually a very good technique based on the position he was there because Alex Pereira um, was framing 
um, very good because he's a long, lanky fighter, and Artem is a bit bit smaller. But yeah, that 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 was also a very very good fight and um, mm-hmm. very difficult to score. Actually, um, I had it for for Vakitov, but these damn strike totals. Some dork enters <laughs> ringside. Um, spoke a, a pretty clear language for Pereira, but but most of these strikes I, didn't hit. Or what did I? I just watching and not knowing anything about kickboxing. I had one, two, and four for Pereira, but that is meaningless coming from me. I just thought it was a cool look. I think every fight, if you're an MMA fan and you don't watch any kickboxing or you don't know striking very well like me, I think it's still pretty interesting to watch and see a couple different looks. You will be frustrated by the fact that they're allowed to clinch and then break up to get a break, but that's the game. So, what are let's, you going to do? Let's um, not bore our MMA-only crowd with any yeah, more kickboxing. Talked about this enough. Um, I have, I have two other things in the restart the sport segment, but um, just just make uh, make it brief. With with all the events you've watched, you you've watched some X MMA, you've I watched some it. LFA. I, I made it through. Yep, X MMA one, and I watched LFA ninety eight Friday night. Just maybe a XMMA recommendation for the listeners. Last night. Maybe a recommendation for the listeners. To which which um, event and why should they watch? With, maybe with one fight. Yeah, I would just watch Lucas Clay on LFA ninety eight. Because he seems like a real long, lanky weirdo, and it seems like he's going to go far. He seems real diverse. Like I said, I like different looks. He's going to show you. Di- he's going to show you a body triangle that looks like it hurts so bad I would have tapped. Looks so hard, uh, so tight against the cage that the guy almost was having just having trouble breathing. It was great. XMMA one is. Uh, uh, it was a thing that happened. Uh, Kyle <laughs> Boschniak. Uh, prove to you that calf kicks are not the meta because you still need to do other stuff to win. He absorbed a, an entire round of calf kicks, came back and won the fight. Watch that. And um, uh, James Vick got clattered to the mat, and it was gruesome. Uh, we can talk more about that Yeah, later. these two guys are actually UFC veterans, which might, might um, make them a bit more known to the... To the casual fan or to the fan? There was, there was six ex-UFC guys on the XMMA one card, I think. Yeah. And it was, it was, and it was, the desk was Chris Lytle and Eric Apple, two, also two ex-UFC guys. How did they do? I mean, <laughs> for a first event, fine. Yeah, okay. I, I don't, I don't like the desk almost ever. Um, so... It wasn't the worst ever. Let's let's but let's were, let's enter something yeah, here. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry to to interrupt you. Let's let's establish something. We'll create okay. the Chiavello um, ranking system, and it's between yeah. one and ten Chiavellos for for ranking how bad okay. this this thing wore. Where would you where would you put it? I did not have to mute them. Okay, so that's so that's not even that that, that does not even so register on the scale. So a mute. So I had to watch a, a one FC fight pro, just prior to recording, and I had to mute it because Chavello was just screaming the entire time. This guy is Shut the absolute up. worst. So and if he listens to this, so which of bad. course he will, um, please, please, please stop commenting. Please stop. 
Just retire, man. You've, yeah. you've done enough and you are famous and your voice your voice will be heard by MMA fans for all time because you have narrated, you have, you have commentated so many fights. You can retire. Give man. another guy a chance. We, we, can, we can... Give th- another guy a chance. Yeah. We don't have to go into the whole 1FC card because it was actually pre-taped. So if you really dialed in, you knew the results. But um, there is one fight we have to talk about. It's Umar Kane against Ale Ngalani. Um, and it, we, it wasn't an especially good fight, but it was Rugruk in that, in that fight. Umar Kane, Rugruk from um, RS fame... Um, he basically was the guy that was being keylocked by Sofian Bukicu, um, but slammed himself out of the hole. Like it, this, this is just a unit of a dude, and he is a unit. He he was actually scheduled to fight Marcus Bujeca, um, the the grappling phenom, uh, but but got Ngalani the striker instead. How how did he do, Luke? They were getting yelled at by the ref for the first for the majority of the first uh, frame just to uh, to 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 do something a lot of just standing in front of each other fainting doing the uh, fingers outstretched trying to get somebody to run into an eye poke thing the famous and, mummy uh, guard the mummy guard and then you know I think he just was like okay well I I'm kind of tired of this so he charged in got the guy uh, got him in kind of a, like a like a ha- I don't know what you would call like the what he what he grabbed him with, but it was like kind of a half Nelson, I guess. Yeah, not quite around the neck, but kind of grabbed him by the shoulder and held him in place, and then just beat the shit out of him with the right. Yeah, the takedown the stoppage. The, the takedown. It wasn't like a wasn't like a takedown takedown. You know what I mean? Like it was just like he grabbed his arm with his own. He grabbed his arm with his left arm. Held no, him no, in place no, no, because if, he's so goddamn strong. If you rewatch, if you rewatch the, him. if you rewatch the fight, I personally think he he actually did a very sneaky ochigari, a a inside leg trip, um, which is known oh, from like judo. It. So and and he had that that powerful underhook, but he that, that takedown was actually very very beautiful and very sneaky. That is that is what actually was Rukruk is is known for as a Senegalese wrestler. But then, yeah, the, the ground pop finish. Ngalani had nothing for it, so yeah. You can say thank you to Ch- you can say thank you to Chatri. Uh, Thanks, Chatri. It's free on it's free on YouTube. Thank you very much, Chatri. Um, yeah, so uh, that was the one FC fight. So yeah, it it was it was a an action packed <laughs> weekend. Um, any any other thing that happened live, or do we move on? Um. No, I uh, keep your mouth guards in. That's all. It's just yep. it's on my mind. Keep <laughs> keep your damn mouth guards in. And and as a as an official, um, if you see a pause in the action where one of the fight one of the uh, combatants has lost their mouth guard, please please take advantage of the pause and get the mouth guard back in, because I I do think uh, Vic eight Vic eight five between three and five. Hard uppercuts with no mouth guard in, and uh, he it was called on the feet. And when the camera went back to him, he was rolling on the ground, holding his face. Um, it, very uh, gruesome stoppage. So, Vic, Vic uh, was in XMMA. This was at this was the main Vic was at the main event of XMMA yeah. and lost his mouth guard. And then ate a ton of uppercuts uh, and punches to the face without it in. 
and I'm worried that one of his lower teeth got embedded in his upper palate or something like that. But I'm sure we'll find out more later this week if we care to find out. Yeah. <laughs> for just, the last for... just traumatic. Like dental stuff, like like and and I'm just a dude who who's like had an abscess tooth before. And it's just so traumatic and painful and it fucks up everything in your face and your nose and your eyes and your sinuses and all the pressure and stuff. I can't imagine uh how traumatic it would be to eat those uppercuts and have the fight stopped and then realize what could have happened to you. So I know there's a lot of like, I know there's a lot of like negative energy towards James Vick and I get that, but it's my empathy was, was there for, for somebody to to take that damage. The teeth is actually a story since UFC one where Gerard Gordeau um, kicked Taya Tui in the face and later um, told the story that he actually had to have teeth, tooth removed from his feet <laughs> so yeah. that that is it that is just it's it's these things happen in mma luke yeah and like as an outcome like that's that's not the worst outcome compared to like having the tooth go get embedded in the dude's head or something you know correct um for the last um thing we hadn't had a ufc this weekend which is um that that doesn't happen that much anymore we actually have been made fun of the older guys um, on that forum by our, our good friend that um, we had to wait three or four months between UFC cards and basically had to talk <laughs> two or three months about the, the yeah. same fight. And, and uh, you, They didn't have Twitter back then either necessarily, nope. so there's not a lot of news coming out. No. So we have a UFC card next weekend. It's yep. uh, a UFC fight night. I think it's in Vegas, Las Vegas. And it's um, Alistair Overeem against Volkov. I picked three um, bouts which I think are interesting, and I'd, I'll give you a short spiel about it, and you you'll you'll get your your take in. Um, sure. Let's start with Corey Sandhagen versus the answer, um, Frankie Edgar. We have we have Sandhagen. Um, he basically only lost to Sterling. I think he's ranked number two or something like that. He won fights against Moraes and Asunsao. Uh, Frank James Edgar lost to Max Holloway, which basically that's yeah, what can you do? And Song Young, Song Young, but won against Munoz. And he's actually <laughs> nowadays he's famous for being uppercutted by Ortega. How is your? How are your feelings for for Sandhagen versus Edgar? It's going to be a good fight. I always like watching Frankie fight. I don't remember a ton about uh, Sandhagen, but you know, I'm just I'm running down their topologies while you're talking, and they've both beaten guys, um, and recently. And I know, I know, the the thing about a guy that's been around for a long time who's still good, like real good, is that he's going to be fighting guys that can beat him. Um, so you're looking at Frankie Edgar's last losses in the last like eight fights or so he's fought, he's lost four times and the losses are against Jose Aldo, Brian Ortega, Max Holloway and Chan Sung Jung. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> yes. You've got some losses, but goddamn, <laughs> doesn't like, matter. Who, how many people are going to beat all four of those guys? There's only like one Max Holloway, mm. you know? 
Yeah, and there is there is no there is there is no thing as a boring Frankie Edgar fight, and and even Corey, Corey Sandhagen is an action fight. So this fight this fight will be bonkers and will 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 be a joy to watch, as you say. Yep, and and Sandhagen's on the way up. He's got he just, he's got a win with a wheel kick over Marlon Marais, which I guess I have to go back and watch, even yes. though it just happened. I seem to have missed that. What what card was that on? I have no idea, but know. wheel kick wheel kick wins are. Um, it's yeah, something you have to hold near and dear to your heart. That's something you got to go watch and try to remember. I, the other thing you'll, you'll, any listener is going to quickly learn about me is that it's basically in the eyeballs and then out the brain like the next day. doesn't so matter. There's so much MMA everything happening. Everything is new all the time. It's exciting. <laughs> you surely have heard about um, Michael Johnson and Clay Guida. <laughs> Johnson, uh, yeah. Johnson is, is most, <laughs> he's most known for his gym wars. He's one of the guys is who might really? be. Yeah, he's, you can watch sparring footage of him in oh, on YouTube. No. This guy is going like hundred percent against very good boxers, pro boxers, pro kickboxers, and needs, it might be. On the Zoom. Yeah, it might be a, a reason why he's on a three-fight losing skid. He he lost to Moises, Stevie Ray, and Emmett, Josh Emmett. Yeah. But that dude is most famous for KOing Dustin Poirier. It was a long time ago, but he did it because that guy packs some power. And then we have Guida. <laughs> Guida is a special, special guy. He's, he's, I found out that he's 39 years old, which is so he's old. He's older than me. He's it's older wild. than me. He's younger than me, but uh, not that much. And he's on a two-fight losing skit against Bobby Green and Jim Miller. Also nothing to be ashamed of. But he's most famous um, for making myself almost go to sleep when I was live at the Pearl of the Palms in Vegas in 2011 against um, pretty boy Tony Pettis. What, what does this fight mean to you or what, what, does, it, what does, it, does it spark joy? It depends on which Clay Guida shows up. The bouncy I, one. If it's the bouncy one that doesn't throw and just circles the cage, then I will go make some food. Um, <laughs> I, I predict. Will, like, I predict this one shows up. He did it. He did it to me way back. Wait, is this for real? 2012. I was watching MMA in 2012. Yeah, he did it to me in 2012. He fought Gray Maynard, and it was the most frustrating thing to watch. And then he won. Yep. Oh That's... wait, no, he lost. No, Thank he lost. Goodness. But but it sounds okay. like a clay we find. But it yeah. Great. I mean, yes. Okay. You need to learn how to cut the cage effectively and stop him from moving side to side like a some sort of wild bouncy animal. But like, it was, it was just like like you're you're there to throw. You know, you're 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 there to have a fight. Having your hair in front of your face and bouncing side to side is not a fight. It's like some sort of uh, cardio activity. So I hope he's there to fight. Michael Johnson is is a rough record to run down, um, but Michael Johnson, you're right. Michael Johnson does come to fight, so I, I guess we'll see. I'm not. I'm not. My hope. I'm not getting my hopes up. Nope. I don't think so. Had to pick. I'll yeah. pick Michael Johnson by split decision, just because that's sort of the way these things go. And the the. The bout that gave his event his name is Alistair Overeem against Volkov. 
Reem is on his last run. He basically reiterates that statement over and over and over again. He wants to do one last run for He's the title. That for years, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Last run, not last fight. This is just my last run. It's it is his last run. He really he really emphasizes. He's also old. I think he's forty or forty one or something like that. But um, yeah, Reem is still very good. He has a win against uh, Walt Harris and Augusto Sakai. He got murdered by Rosenstruck, but actually won that fight up until... Wasn't that the fight where he, he won up until Dude. five seconds left or something? Dude, four seconds left. 4.56 in round five, Damn. they stopped it. Damn, that's, yeah. that's brutal. And we have yep. um, Alexander Yevgenievich Volkov. He also won against Walt Harris, so uh, poor Walt. Uh, he lost two blades last... Um, so this is this is a real test for for the Reem when he wants to make his case to kind of to a fight test for, for the... both guys, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Even though even though Reem is old, I mean, you're you're right; he's still good. Yep. Volkov's got to go in there and, and out kickbox him, or does he just try to work him on the ground or something like that? Volkov's I... a kickboxer too, isn't he? Yeah, I think I think the way for Volkov to win is 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 keep his distance and basically teep kick and and use his low kicks um use his length and use his reach to to keep over him away i'm not sure if they that much away in length but i'm i'm quite sure that volkov is is quite a bit taller so that would be his way oh, yeah. his way to win and and i think it's a very difficult matchup for the, for over him also, but that, that that dude was of course known to be a a very good kickboxer but Volkov is a bit younger, he's a bit faster, he has the length. So I think he's, it's a tall, ta- tall ask. Yeah. He's eight years younger. According to the stats on the topology pages, he's only three inches taller and one inch longer in reach. But he, yeah, it's kind of that thing. It's like, okay, well, if, if it's time, then it's time, and we're going to see a guy like go out and... And we're going to see a guy who's been a guy for a long time go out and re- get retired. But the thing about heavyweights is, like, everybody's 40, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically that's, like, that's the thing. 40? You can make it much longer in heavyweight MMA than, than in other... In, in other weight classes, so yeah, that is yeah. that is UFC Overeem versus Volkov. Any any pick if you had to pick Reem, the Reem or Volkov? If you're talking, if you're talking the calf kick meta coming to heavyweight, I think that that's great. I'm here for it. I'd love to see Volkov use calf kicks, but Reem's been around for a long time. I bet he knows how to check a calf yeah, kick. Definitely, so we'll most definitely, the, the Reem will know how to deal with calf kicks. Oh, I should add that was the biggest, coolest thing about Glory was watching people just, just inherently with just pure motor skill and not think about it, pick their leg up and turn it outside to check a calf kick. Exactly. Not even thinking about it. They, they, they know what to do in kickboxing. <laughs> MMA fighters take notes. We need to move on from UFC Overeem versus Volkov. A very good card. I highly recommend watching it. And we'll change the segment. I have, I don't have um, segment splitting sounds, but I'll, I'll play a, a, sh- a short sound anyway. This is CTE Island. <laughs> this ain't Fight Island. And we'll we'll go over to the MMA Gossip <laughs> Boys segment. My, my hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, you actually ordered Dustin Poirier's hot sauce. Give it, give it oh, a, yeah. a mini mini review. That was fine. It was fine. It was, uh, it was, it was uh, mostly vinegar. It was like the, it was like the, um, it was like Frank's, really. Um, but it was fine. It was fine. I, I like it. I put it on pizza. Order it. Sponsor Order it, us, sure. Dan Poirier. MMA Gossip Boys. Guy. 
MMA Gossip Boy oh, segment. Man. My we favorite segment. I'll give you I'll give you a choice because okay. we're we're running a bit short on time. All right. Um the choice for the MMA Gossip Boy segment will be do you want to talk Jake Paul versus Ben Askren in a pro boxing match? <laughs> do you want to go in depth into the Doom Bay promo? Or do you want to be cheeky and talk about if the coach of Conor McGregor, John Kavanaugh, is a good coach? Um, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren is going to be a fountain of gossip. Let's go. However many months. Let's go. You're ready? Okay. Let's go. (sighs) (laughs) Is this going to be, is this going to alienate? a generation of Zoomers from MMA <laughs> and turn them all into boxing fans. Dude, I have to confess, I am, it, I love, <laughs> I love the circus. I do like <laughs> mismatches. I do like crossover things. I do like the, the, the stuff around maybe as much as I do the real fights. And but but I'm very skeptical with the boxing thing. Every every heavyweight champ in MMA has called out some boxer, and it's it's boring as hell because it it can't happen, um, and it's just wasting my time. And, so and it would be sad if it did. They would get murked. I don't they're like not boxers. They're MMA yeah, sure. fighters. That's that's the reason. So I don't like prom. What is that? That's celebrity boxing that much because it's just dudes who can't box boxing, and I have seen enough of them. But damn, Luke, I have to confess, I, I am a bit into that Jake Paul versus Ben Askren thing. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is like, I do I like Ben? I don't know if I like Ben. I don't think I like Ben, but he is funny. And I know I don't like Jake Paul. So either way, it's a win for everybody that it's happening. I just worry about it sort of delegit like Ben Ben's got that really weird thing too where like he was oh everybody was always like well he's so good he needs to be in the UFC but he would never come to the UFC because he was so good he was just crushing cans Bellator and one or wherever so it was like finally comes to the UFC gets suplexed by Robbie Lawler and then gets kneed in the dome by Masvidal and then that's it that's his career did he fight anybody else I can't remember nope so it's like, so it's like, man, you were losing that Robbie Lawler fight until you got him in a weird bulldog choke, and the, and I think probably Herb stopped it because it seems like a very Herb thing to do, and then just got absolutely killed by Mosfidel. So now you're gonna go box, but I've seen you box. You don't throw strikes. You like move your arms out and back in. And you know? this dude basically had his not not basically. I'm 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 using filler words because I'm not that good in English, but. He had a hip replacement sur- uh, oh, surgery like right. uh, like a month ago. I mean, in the last year, which I totally forgot about until just now. He's an old man. Yep, he's, he's way made older. older by wrestling because wrestling is not easy on the body. And Jake Paul is a young man who's strong. I mean. Where is he? What does what does he even box at? One ninety? I have no clue. This guy's like he was a good wrestler, I think. So so he's he's a he's an athlete like uh, right. Dominic Reyes. So why not challenge him to a wrestling match? He would. I, I'd say he 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 knows that he loses that. Jake Paul actually told 
our good friend um, Ariel Helwani in an interview that he's 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 Brandon, listener out of the show Ariel Helwani. <laughs> yeah, he he'll, he'll uh, Ariel will call <laughs> he'll he'll shout us out too. So I I think I'll <laughs> I'll do that. Um, he actually told that he's out to make money and nothing else. He has no ambition to actually be the a normal boxer working his way up to a world title fight. He'll 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 do the money fights. So that is God basically damn. a money fight. And I'm into it because of all the things Askren can't do, but also because I do know that uh, if you don't train mixed martial arts or if you don't train any martial art which is which is worth anything, you have no chance against guys who actually do train. That is that is yeah. something that the the common man on the street forgets. He always thinks, "Yeah, I could I could hit that guy. I could oh, punch him." Oh, you saw it. You saw it with the money coming in on the on the basketball player. Yeah, the of last course. Paul brother <laughs> boxing fight. He's such an athlete. Jake Paul's just a YouTuber. Just Wait, was it Logan Paul? I don't know which. No, Paul no, it I was. think it's Jake. But that that is. The, I mean, I mean, Jake Paul has trained. He's he's been boxing for two years. You see some skill with that guy. Um, combined with the with the fact that he's an athlete, like Dominic Reyes, and <laughs> but I do know that you can't make up training that long. I think it's a it's a good choice for him to to box Askren, <laughs> not wrestle him or even MMA. That wouldn't be a fun any anyhow. But you yeah. know what I want to have happen, right? I want Askren to just go out there and start shooting double legs. <laughs> I'd love just it. for the lulls. Just get a de- just get DQ'd shooting double legs. <laughs> so we'll 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 definitely revisit. We, we, oh my god, I'm sorry. We'll revisit. We will. That we fight. will revisit in our MMA gossip boy segment. I feel like this one is going to have a lot of great content, which will allow us to make more content. We'll we'll make it a. So. I, I'm I'm thinking about making this a a segment on its own. <laughs> Until the fight okay. happens, we'll Perfect. we'll move to our last segment, um, and it's the looked segment. Insert yeah. insert funny um, sounds and clips here, and we'll go into it. And I basically thought about um, doing something which is a setup for for future shows. Um, uh, <laughs> I. I've had to so I've had to talk you down over the course of the week from just making an entire show series about M1 global medieval night fights. I mean, that is a that is an issue of mine. If I, if I see something and it and it hits me, it it basically will consume my life. I have seen M1 medieval night fights before. Um, but then it, it it basically you go down a rabbit hole and you do nothing else but watch night fights and buhurt, and then then you <laughs> you go into the other thing. So we'll, we'll we'll go over some of these. I called it the fringes, outskirts, outer edges, the dark web equivalent of MMA because yeah. you see some moves there. So we'll go into just just get get a get a short overview of what you learned and what you experienced while watching. Um, okay. Night fights, night fights and buhurt. Let's just talk night fights. The, the rest can wait. Yeah, well, I, I had another a whole other thing on this list. It's shock fights. It's X arm. It's fight circuits. But we'll go yeah, into that another another talk time. X arm. That was too depressing. Uh, <laughs> medieval, Best. medieval, fake medieval battles. Not, and this is not like. This is not like here in America, people 
people reenact the civil war or the revolutionary war and shit like that and they get dressed up and pretend with pretend muskets this is dulled weapons and plate armor and hitting each other with them and it, as far as i can tell when a guy goes down he has to stay down correct so you you win when everyone is knocked over so yeah. i'm watching and i'm like well if you win when everybody's knocked over why have a weapon at all why not just run up to him and tackle? Why not run up to him and kill him? Why not? Well, you we're not. It's not real. <laughs> and if you, so, this led me. First, I was like, okay, well, all we really need are some like 195 pound guys that are capable of doing judo throws and plate armor and calf kicking to knock a guy over. And then I found these exact things in a promo and sent them to you. So we found a promo video where a dude basically disregards his weapon and shield and just runs up to another dude and calf kicks him as hard as he can and knocks him over with a calf kick, a running calf kick from behind. It was great. And then he grabs another dude and basically does a, does some kind of a hip toss and gets the guy on the ground. I think So capable of doing those things while wearing about, I don't know, 150 pounds of armor, good on you. You're a strong mofo good stuff the pinnacle of of uh, night fights i watched i think i watched it yesterday it was a 150 versus 150 other men in in armor basically just run yep run up to each other and and... like they're like in units of countries and it's a hundred and it's like alliances of countries and then there's reservists and then like i tried to watch the same video but they the GoPro is too much. I just had to get rid of it because it because it's a they're using these pole what these pole arms that are they're dulled and the actual weapon on the tip of the pole arm is very small. I think compared to what it might normally be. So they're just wailing on each other with pole arms on each other's shoulders. I was like, okay, well we're breaking collarbones, but uh, we're not getting guys down. So why not just push with the pole arms instead? Maybe. I, think, I don't know. You know. I think most of these I guys. I assume they quit. will find yeah. the meta, and they will, they will, they will find a way to do it. Yeah, some of the, uh, these guys start to quit when they had about ten or twenty blows with the dulled weapon on their on their helmet or on their shoulders. They just basically fall down. But yeah, it's it's yeah. Let's let's ask what is the I best found... the best move you've you've seen. Oh, it has to be the running calf kick. No, there was another. It was. Poland versus someone, maybe America, and some donk ran up to another guy and jumped and grabbed a tie plum and then pulled the guy down towards him and got him down, but he didn't but the guy but he didn't fall over. The guy he attacked fell over. The guy that did the attacking stayed upright. I thought that was a great move too. If you can just do a jumping grab and pull a guy down. So now the guy is not only carrying his own armor weight, he's carrying you and your armor weight as well. There's no way anybody's staying up with that much weight on him. So I thought I thought that was a great move. Like everything was basically like basically like guys just disregard your shitty dulled weapons and grab the other guys and throw them on the ground. We know? need we need to make you a coach you of, I... of Team America because they actually lose all the time. Well, there's a question here of like is the point to win or is the point to pretend to have a medieval fight? 
right? <laughs> so like that sent me down a different rabbit hole of like, just how sharp are swords in medieval times? So I'm like Googling replica swords and stuff like that. Like, because you don't, a sword doesn't, break plate armor unless the sword is super heavy and a little dull like i've re- you read a little bit like about stuff like that but you know mostly i kind of just want a hammer you know like some sort of a war hammer maybe that's the so. that's the reason um, you you went way too deep into this you you really analyzed it and you you actually devised strategies and that's the reason Judo. that's the reason um our listeners will grow on you and they'll they'll start to love you and they want to want to hear more from you i'm just i'm just trying to say judo is the best base for night fights that is that that might be correct um we're at the end of the show the second one that was that was quick (laughs) i mean i mean i i try to to keep it together i try to stop your diatribes and um but (laughs) but actually that that was i i really really enjoyed this it it was awesome to talk to you about glory about um jake paul versus ben Askren. (laughs) i loved your your preview of of ufc uh volkov versus overeem and any any parting words any blessings for the for the listeners um you know it's going to be a good week there's going to be there's going to be some fights this weekend uh you know it's only a couple days away already right now the ufc's got 14 fights on that bout card at least some of those will make it to saturday we'll, and we'll um, hope, yeah. benny da- benny dariush is going to fight you know uh there's man there's a there's a lot of people on this card molly mccann's on this card <laughs> meatball molly cody stamen's on this card this is a good card this is Absolutely. not a card to be overlooked, and I have a feeling there's going to be a bunch of other insane MMA that I'm only going to find out about when Grabaka puts their newsletter out this week. So we'll keep an eye on on what other insane uh, free cards I can grab. Um, but I'm go- I am I am always trying to watch something besides just UFC. So oh, there's the dog bark. I so, don't. So yeah, I'm excited. It's been good, man. Me too. Yeah, that it's was been a good week. You got me to awesome. watch Glory. Yeah, I, I hope you enjoyed it because I, I actually didn't know that you never, at least tried to um, to go into a into a kickboxing card and, and and pay a bit more of attention. But I I do really enjoy kickboxing. I I think MMA fighters can learn a lot by watching um, kickboxing and train with with something someone like Tiffany Van Soest. And I'd, I'd highly recommend um, watching the Glory card. Yeah, that was cool. So was cool. I recommend it as well. We'll be back in a week. God or or whomever willing. And it was nice chatting to you. We'll we'll hear from you and see you next week. All right. Thank you, Matt. Have a wonderful one. You too. <laughs>